we started the midweek services. So tonight will be the last Wednesday evening for the year because most people is, is away on holiday, um, you know, everywhere else but church. So um, because of most, uh, even, even next week, there's more people going away because everybody's afraid of the lockdown. So everybody wants to go away earlier in case. Can you just help me with the microphone? Um, and then, so Wednesday nights we dedicate on, on teaching the Word of God. So I'm going to teach tonight, um, and I'm going to preach as well. And I'm going to say some stuff, but you will be set free, because you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, I'm going to say a couple of stuff that might not sound, you know, okay with you, but it's just a fact. In this church, we are not moved by people's opinions. I've, I've spoken to so many people that says, well, you know, I, I, my opinion about this verse is I'm not into opinions. Your opinion means nothing. If it's not biblical, it's not the truth. The Bible doesn't say that you will know your opinion and your opinion will set you free. Let me tell you, there's something higher than Google. It's called the Bible. Just because you find it on Google doesn't mean it's biblical. Am I speaking to somebody? So a lot of people tell me, you know, Vessel, you're not politically correct. Thank God I'm biblically correct. I'm, I'm not called to be politically correct. I'm called to be biblically correct. Now, I don't know who of you sit here that can remember when I prophesied, I said that preachers will die in this hour. Like we've never seen it before. How many of you were here when I prophesied that? I can't explain to you. Even the founder from um, Daystar Television died yesterday. Marcus Lamb, who literally reached the world of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He went home to be with the Lord. I can tell you hundreds of preachers this year. When I was in America... Uh, one of the groups told me how many preachers died in this year. Hundreds went home to be with the Lord. And, you know, the Bible says that in the last days there will be a famine of the Word of God. Jesus said the following. He made the statement. He said that the harvest is ready. He says, but the laborers are few. Pray that the Lord of the harvest will send us laborers in Jesus' name. Uh, where's my backup? Let me just get the backup. No, it's not Tina's, it's the other microphone. Oh, there you go. I'm his backup, if anybody wanted to know. But in any case, so there's a famine of the word of the Lord. And, you know, I was speaking to Francois just before the service started. We walked out and we spoke about the things that's happening on the earth today. And I felt in my spirit, look up. And as I looked up, there was a rainbow in the sky. And it was like God just telling me, listen, there's a covenant that I have with my people. I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. It doesn't matter what's going on around the world. But let me say this to you. I'll be blunt and say this. The spirit of the Antichrist is running rampant around the world. Everybody's pushing, the whole world, governments are pushing for a one world government, a one world order. Now, I'm going to say something. I'll make a, make a statement and I'll stand with this. I made a prophecy that I said that God says preachers will go home to be with the Lord. Let me tell you what's going to happen next. God is going to shake, hear me today, governments of the world. Governments of the world is coming next that God will shake. And, and, and I want to say this and make this bold statement before I'm going to get to the Word of God. The church of Jesus Christ in this hour will, will accelerate, will increase, will build. And by the way, let me I spoke to the Lord. I said to the Lord, I was driving the other day. I was in, alone in the car and I spoke. I, I started praying in the Spirit and then I said, Lord, what will happen next? And as I said, what will happen next? He gave me a verse, Revelation chapter 3. And the first thing that jumped into my heart, he says, I have, a, I have this against the church that's compromising, the compromising church. In Revelation chapter 3, you'll find the compromising church. And then he went on. He spoke to my spirit. He said to me that then he's against them whose sellouts. 
In other words, they preach what people want to hear for the sake of finances. That's what the Lord said. Listen, I'm speaking to you. Why does God say this to me? Because He's not done shaking the body of Christ. The body of Christ shall be shaken again. A lot of people, and, and this is the sad part of it all, but this is the truth. A lot of people is falling away in this hour. Falling away. You, you know, you can get any scripture in the Bible if you, if you commit this sin. Any sin. You can, get a, you can try to get a scripture in the Bible that can, that can back your sinful nature. But at the end of the day, you're still going to go to hell. Am I speaking to you? So what I've, I've decided in my life, I always say to the Lord, hit me with the truth hard so that I, that I can be saved. All right? The Bible says, unless a man is born again, he will never inherit the kingdom of God. And uh, in other words, if a man look like this world, and if you're not changed, I said, if you're not changed, where's that microphone? Let's do that one. Unless a man is born again, he will never inherit the kingdom of God. So we must be born again. Amen. Now, I'm gonna, what I'm going to teach on tonight is going to maybe fascinate you, but let me just get another microphone before we rebuke the devil from this one. Okay, let's go on. The devil's not going to disrupt us tonight. Satan, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Now, I want to tell you this, that if there's ever a time, I'm going to preach like this until they sort out the microphone. Um, if there's ever a time for the rapture of the church to happen, it's today. I believe that we are closer than we were ever in our whole entire lives. Are you ready for me? Hallelujah. All right, let's... Let's sort out this thing once and for all so that people don't miss what I'm going to tell them. The rapture of the church is imminent. And I tell you this today. If you go onto Google and ask, is, is there rapture? No. Don't believe Google. Read the Bible. The Bible says this. He says, my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. And you know, let me tell you the problem that we have in the church today. Everybody is a preacher. Everybody wants to preach. What you don't know is if you tell anybody, thus saith the word of God, you become a teacher and a teacher will have a when you stand before God your judgment is more stricter than any person else because you teach that's what the Bible says he says the teachers of the Word of God will have a stricter judgment therefore unless a man is called he should not preach and he should not teach and I know that and I want to say this it's a devil because it's not God because if it's if it's God God knows that people will make a mess of it you need a preacher if I, if, I, if I get the phone calls, the emails from people that says, listen, my life is falling apart, the first thing I track, they're not going to church. You might say, well, I don't need a church. And how did that work out for you? You need the church. You need the church in this hour more than ever before. And I'm not telling you you need the church to be saved. I'm telling you you need the church so that you can be doctrinal right. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm going to speak on, on the five raptures according to the Word of God. I want to teach on the five raptures. And when I said five raptures, I saw the people like, what is this man saying? It's in the Bible, and there's a reason I'm, I'm teaching all of this, because we are entering in this hour. If I'm looking at what our governments, and for the sake of being alive, I have to choose my words nicely. But for what the government is busy pushing, it's one reason. One world order, one world government that's what they're pushing. 
Um, there's people getting threats from their jobs. If you don't take it, you lose your job. The next threat will be if you don't have it, you won't be able to do business. You will not be able to buy and sell. Well, if you don't know what's going on, this is a dress rehearsal for the Antichrist to come to the forefront. People ask me, do you believe that the Antichrist is alive? Yes, he is. He knows he's going to rule the earth. He knows that. And everything is pointing to the return of Christ. And um, I want to tell you, as, as I said this earlier, that if you study the Word of God, it's only those who's in Christ that will be part of the rapture. All right? Not everybody that goes to church will be part of the rapture because we have a lot of fans of Jesus, but not a lot of followers. There's a difference between fans and followers. A man, a man must be a follower of Christ. If any man wants to follow me, he has to do what? Crucify himself, deny his flesh, pick up his cross, and follow me. In other words, that when God, when God saved you, what did he do? He saved you from out of this world. Now we see Christians supposed to be out of this world, but they act like this world. They do the stuff that the world is doing. And, and then, we quest, then I question their salvation. But let me explain to you something that, that I know is it's, 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 it's right here. It's right here. It's the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ. Very soon, mark my words, we are going home with Jesus Christ. If you, if you, if you just read in the news, if you just listen to what's going on around the world, you can't tell me that we are not at the end of the end of the end before the church of Jesus Christ will be raptured. So hear me today. You know, I want to read the scripture quickly. It says this in the book of Luke chapter 10. The Bible says, he who hears you, hears me. He who rejects you, rejects me. And he says, and the one rejecting me, rejects the one having sent me. So in other words, if you have a preacher and you reject his word, you don't reject the preacher, you reject Jesus Christ. You have preachers today that preaches the word and they have got church folks that, I don't agree with that, I don't agree with that. Well, this is not the church of, we don't agree. This is, I believe that when God sends you to a church, he sends you there to grow. I said to grow. Is it wrong to ask questions? Absolutely not. But it's wrong believing that you're the only one right. Amen. Am I speaking to somebody? So hear me, hear me today. People say that the, the fear, uh, you know, the rapture is a fear doctrine. It's nothing to do with fear. Why is it fear to think for a moment that I'm going to be in heaven? Oh, I'm going to walk on the streets of gold. What fear is there in that? And, you know, it might sound strange to you, but those last couple of days, especially today, I have eternity on my mind. It's like I'm caught into two worlds. I don't know how to explain this in words. It's, it feels like I'm caught into two worlds. It's like eternity is so real to me at this moment. It's, it's just like, ah, oh, I'm there. Who knows what I'm talking about? And so the Lord has placed eternity in, into our hearts. And therefore, I want to I teach on this tonight. Five raptures of the church, or not of the church, but five raptures according to the Word of God. A lot of people think there's only just one rapture that uh, will take place. Um, and I'm going to teach a little bit on, on some stuff. So you have to just grab a hold of this the first rapture already happened if i can call it a rapture and that's by the way number one christ and the many saints that was resurrected who remembered when jesus christ died and he rose from the dead what happened the graves opened up of those who fell asleep meaning those who died in christ they went to jerusalem according to the word of god to greet their folks, to greet their family members and say, we're just here to say hello and goodbye, we are off again. I want you to hear me quickly tonight, because uh, listen, Wednesday nights is teaching nights. If you die now, you are not going to sleep until Jesus comes back. 
if you die right now, you are going to one of two places immediately. You're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. There's no waiting in a grave somewhere waiting. The Bible says when Jesus died on the cross, before he died, he told the thief next to him, from this day, you will be with me in paradise. When? From this day, you will be with me in paradise. The Bible speaks about the rich man that was in hell and he saw Abraham uh, in Abraham's bosom, which was called paradise, by the way. And he knew exactly where he was. He knew that he has family members on the earth. He knew that his family members that he needs to come and warm. And then he says, my tongue is burning. Can I cross over to get some water? Abraham said, you, you can't cross. Now, before Christ Jesus uh, uh, came to earth, paradise was underneath the earth. Amen? When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he took all those in paradise and took them back into the heavenly paradise. So when you die today, it's only your body that goes back to corruption. But the spirit and the soul of man will live forevermore. And by the way, I am not what you see. I am the spirit in me. Amen? This is just a tent that houses the spirit man and the soul. But when you die today, you're going to either go to heaven or you're going to go to hell. So if you study the word of God in, in the book of um, Matthew, 50, uh, Matthew, Matthew 27, um, it speaks about when, when Christ and the many, it speaks about Christ and the many saints that were resurrected after his resurrection. So after his resurrection, they were resurrected and they went to heaven. Who remembered when Jesus stood with his disciples, the Bible says he went up into heaven. Angels said to, to them, why are you gazing to heaven? The same way you see him go up, likewise he'll come back. That was the first people that went up to be with the Lord. Now people might say, what about Elijah and Enoch? I'm going to get there now and you'll understand the whole scenario. Then number two, that's very important for you to understand. It's, it's um, after Christ, after, after Jesus Christ, when he returns. Now the rapture of the church, when Jesus Christ returns, everybody that is in Christ, in Christ, shall be raptured and, and be taken to heaven. And the question is that people ask me is, will the church go through the tribulation? No, we will not. I'll say this again. No, we will not. If the church goes through the tribulation, then God is the respecter of man. Because there's a lot of people that died in this year, went home to be with the Lord. They're not going to go through the tribulation. But yet God allows us to go through the tribulation. So no, the church will not go through the tribulation. Jesus spoke about, he spoke about the, the beginning of the pains. I believe that we are in the beginning of the pains. But I don't believe that the church is going through the tribulation. The church will be taken out of the way before the, the, the tribulation comes. Now, a lot of, if you don't believe this, I, I want to I say this to you. Stay here. We will see one day whose doctrine was right. You want to stay here? Go ahead. I don't want to be here when all hell breaks loose. I don't want to be here. I want to be on the streets of gold in glory. So number two is the church of Jesus Christ that will be raptured. Number one, so Jesus and the saints that was resurrected after his resurrection. Remember something. Jesus was the first fruit of the resurrection. In other words, when he died, he was the first, I want to say this first man because he was 100% man and he was 100% God. Jesus is not just the Son of God. He is God Almighty. So he was the first one that was resurrected and took his physical body into heaven. 
He was the first one. Amen. Enoch and Elijah did not yet die. I'm going to get to that one. Secondly, the church of Jesus Christ shall be raptured. Now hear me. There's no prophecy that must take place for the church to be raptured. Nothing. Everything happened. I said everything happened. Everything did not happen. There's prophecies that must still be fulfilled for the return, the second coming. But for the rapture, everything happened. So in other words, this is why the Bible says it shall be like in a twinkling of an eye. We shall be caught up and we shall be changed in a twinkling of an eye. It will happen so quickly. He says that he will come back as a thief in the night. Now, I know a lot of people say, well, that's not spoken about Jesus because he's not a thief. It doesn't say he is a thief. He says he comes like a thief comes. A thief comes when you least expect it. That's why when you think everything is fine, the church is gone. Out of the way. And let me tell you something today. Though everybody that walks the church, the church is the only escape. I said the church is the only escape. Mark my words. When the rapture takes place, churches will be back to capacity. Everybody would want answers. Come on, everybody would want answers. Help me. I've lost loved ones. My children is gone. Listen, your babies, whoo, gone. You're going to wake up one morning and ask, where's your children? And they're gone. Gone. Therefore, there's no time for us to get right. We have to live right. Well, I sat there where Irvin was sitting the other night praying on a Saturday night. And I heard the Lord say to me, the church is like the foolish virgins. The, the lambs is not full of oil. It's time that we fill our lambs with oil, get ready for His coming back in all power and in all glory. Come on, and I can't wait for that day in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, if you believe that, shout amen. amen. Day number three, and, and, and I want to little, touch a little bit on this. The number three is, is the 144,000 Jews that will preach in the tribulation. Now, let me explain something to you. A lot of people believe that there's 144,000 only that will go to heaven. Well, then we are in trouble. Because from the beginning of time, there's more than 144,000 children dead. So listen to me. There's no hope for us. Let's just pack up our bags and call it a day and go home. So that's not what the Bible says. Again, it's because... We listen to man, men's traditions and we don't, and let me just throw this out for your charts and, and you know, stone me for this. If you don't have a King James Bible or a New King James Bible, get one. Get rid of the rest. I, I'm telling you, get rid of the rest. Why the King James or the New King James? Because the King James is the, is the most accurate to the original Hebrew and Greek and Latin Bibles that you can ever find. It's the oldest Bibles. All the new stuff that they're putting in, not even all the verses and scriptures is in new Bibles. Amen? Come on, and therefore we, we preach stuff. And I, I, you know, I've heard somebody say something. I said, show me. Show me the Bible. Where does that stand? No, no, I can't show you because it's not there. So get yourself a good Bible. And take a note, just a side note. Get a Dakes Bible. There's the greatest reference Bible that you'll find anywhere in around the world. You'll never find a, a Bible like the Dakes Bible in your life. All right. Then number three. So it's the 144,000 Jews saved. In the first three and a half years of Daniel's 70th week. So what's going to happen is, after the church is gone, and I'll, I'm going to show you the scripture, I'll read it to you. After the church of Jesus Christ is raptured, the Antichrist is going to come to the scene. And he's going to rule the world. They will form a ten-nation a ten, a collision with the Antichrist. And, and basically, this is where the scripture says that you'll have to receive the mark of the beast. Anybody who has not received it, your head will be cut off. You will not be able to buy, sell, no more cash, cashless system, cashless society, all right? 
And anybody that takes the mark of the beast will never be forgiven. You are doomed to hell forevermore. But then God is raising up 144,000 Jewish men. Let's call them Jewish evangelists that would preach the gospel in Israel. They would turn Israel upside down with evangelistic work. In other words, they've missed. They've missed the rapture. And I will be blunt and say this. They don't believe in Jesus Christ as the Messiah. They don't believe. They believe that the Jesus that we believe in is the imposter. But they will see that they have made a mistake. And then God's Spirit will anoint them. And therefore, 1 Thessalonians, when he says that only he who restrains him from coming until he's taken out of the world. So people say it's the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is taken out of the world, the Antichrist will come. It's not the Holy Spirit because he will anoint the 144,000, come on, in Israel to preach the gospel with power. And they will convert people over to the Lord. Let's read this together. If you, you don't have to take my word, but you can read it. This is in the book of Revelation, chapter 7. Revelation chapter 7, and I'm going to read from uh, verse 1 and 8. The Bible speaks about the man-child in, in, in the book of Revelation. The man-child is Israel. Mark that down. Write that down. The man-child, um, the, the Bible says they will be caught up as the man-child in the middle of the, of the three and a half years. So I'm going to read this to you quickly. This is Revelation chapter 7, verse 1. After these things, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or on any tree. Just pause and look at me quickly. This is Revelation chapter 7. The church, I believe, is gone after Revelation chapter 3. He spoke to the church. Afterwards, after Revelation 3, he says, let, let me show you that. Let me jump back a little bit. So after Revelation 3, church is gone. Revelation 4, verse 1. After these things, which things? Church is gone. I looked and behold the door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking, saying, come up here. And I will show you the things must take place after this. After what? After the church. <laughs> gone. All right. So now, now, now if you go back to jump to seven, it says, um, Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees, till we have sealed the servants of God on their foreheads. In other words, there will be a mark of the beast, but there will be a mark of God. And the mark of God will be symbolic of what God will do for the 144,000. How many of you understand that? This is, this is why God says, Don't harm the earth until we have sealed the 144,000 servants with the seal of God. You better hear me right now. You have to have that seal on your forehead today. And don't go to a tattoo parlor and go and get your tattoo. That's not what I'm saying. I said you have to be in Christ. I said you have to be in Christ. Not be opinionated, but be in Christ. Hallelujah. Because surely it's only Jesus Christ that can protect you from what is coming. And then he says, he says this thing, do not harm the earth. Don't harm the trees till we have sealed the servants of God on our foreheads, on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. And then he speaks about the 12 tribes that, that, that will be, be sealed. 12 times 12, 144,000. Amen? All right, so it's 144,000, and that's the tribulation signs. And then he says, after these things, I looked and behold, 
So this is verse 9. I'm just jumping all the tribes. So just go with me. Verse 9. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, all of the nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to the Lord. Uh, I want to get you just another one quickly. Just hold on for me. Just give me one second. I want to show you something. Revelation 12. I want to go jump to Revelation 12, verse 5. Well, I'm going I'm to read from verse 4. He says, He still drew a foot of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth, and the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as, as it was born. She bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God and his throne. Now, if you think about this, if you, if you study the word from Daniel, you study, uh, the Bible says this, after the Lord anointed 144,000 to preach the gospel, he called them to take over the world, but Satan hates them. Satan tries to kill them. And the Bible says, then what John saw was, he saw them all being caught up and stand before God Almighty. Multitudes upon multitudes. So what will happen, let me explain to you. And I hope that I can keep everybody. If, if the church is raptured, even those who's not raptured, those who died in the Lord, they will be rulers over people. In other words, these 144,000, they weren't raptured. They went through the tribulation. Obviously, they are saved, but they will not get the reward that we are getting. We will rule over them. That's what the Bible says. We will rule over them and over angels. And so if you think about heaven, I always had to think about this. In heaven, there's three compartments at least. The paradise, paradise the holy city, and then the throne of God. And not everybody's going to get the same reward. Think about this. This is how I see it. If, if you think about what I'm telling you now, just let, just let your mind go. Imagine somebody denies and rejects Jesus his whole life. And on his deathbed, he's, he's truly sorry. I mean, he's really repenting. Do you think that he will get the same reward as somebody that gave his whole life to Christ, served God faithfully his whole life? Never. So he will be outside of paradise. He will come according to the word of God. Once a year into the new Jerusalem. Come on. To make sacrifices unto the Lord. But we that's gone. That has served God faithfully. Those who's in Christ. We will live in the new Jerusalem. In the holy city. Ruling over them. I, I, I will show you this one night. But those outside the city. They will still have children. Ooh, it's quiet. They will still have children. As long as the earth remains, there will be children. Obviously, it will not, people won't have children as, as quick as today. And there will be no sin. Sin will be, be rid of because Satan, demons, fallen angels will be cast into the lake of fire. I hope I'm not losing you. Is everybody with me? So the 144,000 and the saints that they win, before the devil can kill them, God will take them away. Before their eyes, gone. They will be gone. So there's not just 144,000 people that will be saved. That's 144,000 Jewish men from, different, from 12 different tribes that will preach the glorious gospel. 12,000 from each tribe. 12 tribes, 144,000 that will preach with the fire of the Holy Ghost. And they will be hated and they will be 
taken away. Then number four, the great multitude of tribulation saints were saved after the rapture. Now, uh, there's, a, there's a scripture that I can show you quickly in the book of Revelation chapter 7, Revelation 15, Revelation 20. Did you know that the Bible says that those who's, those who's, uh, tribu- there will be tribulation saints that will go through the tribulation? In other words, they missed the rapture, but they realized they made a mistake. They realized that they've missed it. And there's real true sorrow and repentance in the heart. And they will be, there's even those of them that will be martyred. The Bible says they will be beheaded. Their heads will be cut off. There's no escape. And I'm telling you this, that if you don't make the rapture, my God, you have to flee. Flee to the mountains, as the scripture says. Because what's coming to the earth, the Bible speaks about the sun that will be so hot that it will set people on fire. Vegetation will be destroyed. Animals, wild animals will turn against people and eat them, devour them. A third of the population will die in an instant. I mean, I can go on and on. Locusts that will come from the pit of hell as big as men that will torture people, torture them. Day after day. I mean, you will see demons blaspheme God. People blaspheme God. But in any case, so there's 144,000. After 144,000, there's another group of people that will come from the, out of the tribulation. It's called the tribulation saints. I want to read this to you quickly. The great multitude of tribulation saints who are saved after the rapture and during the whole of Daniel's 70th week, the first martyrs of the Spirit are told to rest. If you read the scripture, the Bible says, God says to them to rest until the rest is also martyred. Uh, so it says, uh, the first martyrs of the Spirit are told to rest until the remainder of them are killed. You can find this in Revelation chapter 6, verse 9 to 11. And when vengeance will be taken and all raptured in the time, just in time for the marriage supper. There will be a marriage supper of the Lamb in heaven. And before that happens, those who's martyred, the Lord says those who has been martyred and killed on the earth has to wait a little bit while, a little bit longer because they were crying out. And he says, wait a little bit longer. Think about this now, spiritual God says, wait a little bit longer until the rest also are killed. Then they will be killed and <laughs> raptured and they will be taken home to be with Jesus Christ and they will be changed. They will get a new body. Did you, get, did you understand this? They will get a new body. Let me explain something to you quickly. Those who's died, who died in the Lord today, they in heaven as a spirit being and with a spirit body. Jesus made this very clear. And this is that you need to understand. He says that those who, who's dead in Christ is not ahead of us. This doesn't mean they're not in heaven. This means that they are not changed. They did not receive that, that new body. All right? He says that when we are raptured, when the church is raptured, the dead in Christ shall rise first. We will meet them, be caught up in the heavens to meet the Lord in the air, and we will all be changed. In other words, immediately there will be a new body. A body that does not decay. A body that does not get old. So people ask me, well, will I look like somebody else in heaven? No. You are going to look like you, but no wrinkles. The younger you. Come on, the younger you. Some of you are not happy about that. The thinner you. Amen. But you're going to look like you. Amen. That's what the Bible teaches. So when, when these tribulation saints are being killed, they're going to get a new body. But God instructs them. He says, just wait until everybody else is killed. Then he's going to resurrect them, raise them up, give them a new body. Because John says, I saw multitudes, come on, that has been martyred. 
He says so many that we couldn't count them. Martyred that stood in the presence of the great I am. How did they get there? Whew, taken up. Then the next one I want to quickly show you is the rapture of the two witnesses. Um, and, and the Bible says it's ending the first resurrection which began with the resurrection of Christ. So let me explain to you. I know this is a mouthful. For time's sake, I try to press everything in. There's two witnesses that will come to earth to preach the gospel. But what's going to happen is they, are, well, they will receive the power from God. They will be able to stop the rain. Come on. To call the rain. And the Bible says they will do signs, wonders, and miracles. And the world will hate them. Please say hate. The world will absolutely hate them. The world will not like them at all. And so the scripture says that they're going to come back. And I, people ask me the question, who do I believe will be these saints? Who will be the two witnesses? Now, I want you to understand these witnesses is, is not two nations. It's not two nations. People say, well, the Bible says, uh, you know, it's two olive branches. And, and who, who are they? I'm going to tell you who they are according to the word of God. It's Enoch and Elijah. It's not Moses and Elijah. Moses is dead. Moses already died. Come on. The Bible says it's appointed for a man to die once, then the judgment. According to the word of God, it's only two men who has never died. Enoch, just gone. Elijah, secondly, just gone. People say they believe it's Moses and Elijah because Moses and Elijah appeared on the Mount of Transfiguration of Christ. It can't be Moses because the true, the true witnesses will be killed in Jerusalem, in the streets. You can't kill a man twice. In other words, Enoch and Elijah took their physical bodies into heaven. But Jesus Christ is the first fruits of the resurrection. Not, e not Elijah, not Enoch. They have to come back to die to get their new bodies. They are standing in the presence of God. Let me go on. Let me show you something. If you have your Bible... You can check this in Malachi. Malachi chapter 4 verse 5. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. There's number one. Elijah, he doesn't say I'll send you Israel. I'll send you another nation. He says he'll send Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And it's not John the Baptist. John the Baptist said himself, I am not Elijah. He came in the spirit of Elijah. In other words, the anointing of Elijah was on him. But John the Baptist has been beheaded. He's dead. All right, so the Bible doesn't speak about John the Baptist. He says, Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. So number one, that you need to understand, uh, I just want to get you another scripture quickly on my phone. All right, so the Bible says it's two men that will come, and they will, they will declare the words of God. By the way, they will be hated. The pe people will, will really, really hate them. The world will, will, will you know, praise God. They will, they will kill them and think that it's God that has done them something good. What I want to show you quickly, both of them is already in heaven. I want to show you this in the book of Zechariah. So the two witnesses is already in heaven. Zechariah chapter 4. 
Verse 11. Then I answered them and he said, said to him, What are these two olive trees at the right of the lampstand and at his left? And I further answered and said to him, What are these two olive branches that drip into the receptacles of the gold pipes from which the golden oil drains? Then he answered me and said, Do you not know what these are? And I said, No, my Lord. So he said, These are the two anointed ones who stand beside the Lord of the whole earth. So he saw, Zechariah saw this vision of two people standing next to the Father, one on the left, one on the right. And the Bible speaks about an olive branch and an olive tree. He said, who are they? And he says, these are the two anointed ones. Now the same olive branch and olive trees are spoken about in Revelation. The Bible says the two witnesses will come as as olive branches or olive trees. So it's two men. It's not two nations. They will be killed. After they are resurrected, people say, well, they don't believe it's two men, it's two nations. They believe one is, is Israel. Read the Bible. After these two men died and, be, and, and resurrected, Israel is still on the earth. There's still a nation, Israel. It's not a nation. It's two people that will have the power and the authority of God Almighty. So the Bible says this, they will preach the gospel, they will fire from heaven, and then they will be killed. They will be killed. This will be just before the second half of the seven-year tribulation. And why is it just before that? Because the last part of the seven-year tribulation, people won't be able to commit suicide. Death will flee from them. People will try to kill themselves. You will put a gun against your head and pull the trigger and you will not die. Death will flee. Isn't that, a, isn't that just horrific if you think about what's going on? So they will be killed. The Bible says these people, the the nations of the world will thank God that they are dead. They will think they have done God a service. And then what God will do is he says they will lay in the streets of Jerusalem for three and a half days. And then the spirit of God will raise them up and they will be raptured back into heaven. Now they're dead, but they've received a new body. Come on. I said a new body. You know, there's a, there's a precious scripture in the Bible. He says that when they get to heaven, he will wipe away the tears from their eyes. Most times we think it's us. We think when we get to heaven, he's going to wipe away the tears from our eyes. Do you know what the Bible actually says? He says that the, the, the saints that has come through the tribulation, that's saved, they will weep out of thankfulness that God saved them. So God will wipe away their tears from their eyes. Are you listening to me? So, quickly, if, you, if, you, if you're here and you're still awake, Jesus Christ, He was caught up in heaven, raptured. The saints that, was, that came out of, the, out of their tombs, that was resurrected according to the word of God, they went up to heaven. Number two, who remembered what's number two? The rapture of the church. The church is going home. Why would God rapture the church? Because of what's coming. The wrath of God is coming. Now people say, Vessel, God is only love and His only grace. Let me tell you, His grace and His wrath walks hand in hand. It equals one another. Do you get what I'm telling you? It equals one another. He said before Jesus returns, it will be like the day of Noah. Did He spare them? Who did He spare? Only Noah and his family. That's it. The rest of the world, what happened? Perished. So He says it will be like the days of Noah before He returns. So you think God's going to spare everybody because God is love? 
God is all, God is absolute love. You might say this, and I hear this in the spirit, but he says nothing can separate me from his love. You're right. You're right from his love, nothing. But that doesn't mean that you're saved. He loved this, he loves the sinner of the world. They love his love for them. Nothing can remove his love for them. He loves the sinner, he hates the sin. But he does not send sin to hell, he sends the sinner to hell. And we need to understand that. His judgment and his grace walks hand in hand. And therefore, Jesus even told his disciples, pray that you found, be found worthy to escape the things that's to come. There's coming upon the face of the earth. And you know what happens? The church is asleep. The church sees the parade goes by and the church is not warning God's people. We say, bow your need to bail. Come on. Because our government says, if you do this, we do this. And yet the church of Jesus Christ is not raising up in this hour and say, look what is happening all around us. They are pushing, come on, they're pushing darkness down our throats. And it's time that light shines up. Come on, and that we warn God's people and say, this is to come. This is to come. And you might sit here and say, well, God knows my heart. He knows his word. I said he knows his word. And, and, and I'm telling you that when the rapture comes, the world is going to fall apart. They're not going to know what is going to happen next. But the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ is going to happen. Whether we like it or not, bang, we are out of here. Then the Lord is going to save the 144,000 and the saints that came through it. The tribulation saints will come out of it. That he will rapture. People will still be born during the tribulation. People will still hate. Let me just explain something to you. that I think a lot of people don't even realize. After this all, we are coming back, Revelation, in the book of Revelation 19, we are coming back with Christ Jesus to the earth. This time, he sets his foot on the earth. With the rapture, he's not physically on the earth. The Bible teaches us that he, he meets us in the heaven. But with the, with the return of Christ, this, let's call it the second coming of Christ to the earth, he's coming back, he's putting his foot on the earth. And we are coming with him. To establish his kingdom for a thousand years on the earth. Satan will be bound for a thousand years in the underworld for a thousand years. And he would not be able to deceive people. And you know what will happen? The Bible says after the thousand years, Satan will be loosed for a while. And he will go on and deceive many. I studied the word, you know, you, you have to think about this. Even after everything, after the thousand years of rule of Christ, People after that will still follow Satan because they hate the law of God. They hate righteousness. They hate it. Because today, if, it's, you know, if it doesn't satisfy, you know, Paul says this. He says, in the last days, they will heap up teachers that will scratch the eating, eating ears and they will depart from what? The truth. I promise you, if I'm a preacher today that tells you drink wine, God is okay with it. My church will be packed to capacity. Come on, can I say it as it is? But well, Jesus turned water into wine. <laughs> Funny enough, the same guy that says if, if, if no, no alcoholic, no drunkard shall get into heaven. But Paul said to Timothy, you know, to use wine for his stomach. Read it again. Unfermented wine, meaning grape juice. Those people that study Google and says it's water into wine, study it again. Alcohol is not good for the stomach. Alcohol causes bleeding to the stomach. Imagine Paul walks past people. His shadow falls on them. He rebukes devils. He heals the sick, but he can't help Timothy. 
Tell me if you'd rather do the alcohol. Just go that. The water into wine. You don't even understand what it's all about. It's not Jesus turning water into wine. He was actually teaching on the purification. What his blood will come and do. Six water pots represents the number of men. He would come to purify men. Can I preach to you? The same Jesus that says drink wine, it's okay. Say that give, give wine to the foolish that wants to perish. The same Jesus said, he gave in his word, Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 11. He says that she who has enlarged itself because of alcohol. Tell me again how good it is. The Bible says do not have any part of the, of the way of and work of darkness, but rather expose it. If the world drinks up a storm and you're a Christian and you drink, you are part of the darkness. You're supposed to expose it. Can I preach to you? Samson was called a Nazarite from birth. Jesus was a Nazarene. You might say, well, that's two different things. Let's go there. A Nazarite was somebody that was separated for a specific work from God. Samson was separated. Jesus Christ was separated too. He says, I came to do the will of my Father. He says, if I was from this world, they would have accepted me. But because I'm not of this world, they hate me. So in other words, if Jesus was not separated, they would not have hated him. Ooh, I'm preaching to somebody right now. It's funny enough that he says in the same sentence, no drunkard, no adulterer. I'm going to ask you a question. Is adultery wrong? Okay, let's just get what, what adultery is. Adultery is not what happens in your bed. It's what happens in your head. So can I ask the question again, is adultery wrong? So why is it in the same sentence as an alcoholic, a drunkard? Why is it in the same sentence? But it, drinking alcohol is not as bad. Sin is sin, people. I said sin is sin. Think about the following. When we, when, we, when we come together and we take communion, in this church we drink grape juice like Jesus did. Because the Bible says in the book of Mark that he took from the fruit of the vine. Oh, it's quiet again. The fruit of the, of the vine. I can just imagine what Paul said to Timothy. If you want to get your stomach healed, take from the fruit of the vine. You know that you want to be healed, take communion the way Jesus did it. Because that, that, that wine that you speak about intoxicating is actually his blood that's supposed to purify you and cleanse you from all iniquity. Come on, don't be quiet at me now. The Bible says even if you just gaze upon it when it's a reddish look, you'll perish likewise. Why do you think the Bible says do not be drunk with wine wherein this excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit? And I'll make a bold statement. I thank God it's not this church because we preach the truth here. Even if people don't like it. I have a bigger fear for God than I have for man. Come on, are you listening to me? If you study the word of God, you study history. I've never met a God's general. Now, a God's general is not somebody with a big church, please. I'm talking about somebody that does the work of the kingdom, that preaches of power, set the captives free, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. That's a general of God. I've never seen any one of them being greatly used of God and drinking alcohol. Never. Those who Potting it, putting it away. Look at the fruit. Be holy. 
for I am holy. For out holiness no man shall see God. I'm asking you this question. I don't know why this comes up, but it's coming up. Jesus says, unless a man is born again, you'll never inherit the kingdom of God. When you were an alcoholic before Jesus Christ, and you gave your life to the Lord, do you believe that Jesus forgave you? Yes. And whoever the Son of Man sets free is free indeed. But now you continue to drink. My question is, from what are you born again? From what? From what did He save you? Grace is not you saying, Lord, I believe that you are the Son of God. Do you believe the devil believes that he's the Son of God? Demons cried out and says, this is the Son of God. And they perish. I, I believe that the church is making a big mistake. Jesus never said, and I want to say this in Afrikaans, it just sounds better. Jesus said, disciples. So what we do is, if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, come on, quickly in the confession, and then they go back right into the things of the world. We never teach them sanctification. Come on, shout yes. Now, alcohol destroys families. But Jesus came and he says that he died on the cross to set us free. So if alcohol isn't bad, why did Jesus die to set the alcoholic free? And it's not just alcohol, but speak about alcohol, two things. Speak about alcohol and speak about money in church. Woo! I don't like this pastor. And do you know what we do today? This is the way we preach. I want to just say sorry if you're going to be offended by what I say now. I really don't try to hurt your feelings. You know what Paul says? Let me tell you what Paul says. Paul says it twice. He says, such a guy that does this, and number one, he spoke about adultery in the church. He says, I gave them over to the devil. Oh. He says, you choose your punishment. Should I come to you with love or a rod? Second time, he, said this, he says, because of, of the blasphemy, I gave, gave them over to the devil. This is Paul. Oh, if Paul had to preach today, he would have been a church of no members. Paul was not a wimp. I said, Paul was not a wimp. And do you know why he wasn't a wimp? Because he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. He was a Christ imitator. And he preached with the power of God. Therefore, Paul was one of the apostles that said, I did not come to you with persuasive words. People that tries to tingle people's ears are preachers of men, not preachers of God. One thing that God told me, if you want to keep the anointing on your life, you have to know that you're a servant, not a hireling. Hirelings tell people what they want to hear, but servants comes to tell you there's a better way for you, there's a better way for your family. Hallelujah. And God can set you free by His mighty power. Praise the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. Well, so what if I just take wine in moderation? Well, did Jesus say go and sin in moderation? You can cheat. Cheat in moderation. Steal a million. Don't steal two. Just steal in moderation. He didn't say that. What is moderation? He's holy people. When you give your life to Christ, you are separated from this world. I know there's a lot of people maybe here, maybe listening to me that says, oh, I'm never coming back. But one day you're going to say, Lord, there's people right now in hell crying, saying, Lord, can I listen to Vessel to Brain just one more time? Sorry, there's nothing we can do for you. 
can you just send an angel? Even if we send an angel, they won't listen. Can I ask you a question? It might sound very hard. How do you know that you're an alcoholic? When you hear about stop drinking and you fight with everything here. You know you've got a problem. Alcohol has power over you. Can I tell you when you know that you serve mammon? When you know that, when you hear that you have to give and you say, ah, oh, this church, just want my money again. Then you know you're serving mammon. If God asks me to lay down anything, I'll do it. Why? Because he's Savior. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, he says, but do not do what I say? Many will come in that day and say, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out demons in your name? He'll say, go away. I never knew you. I never knew you. Why am I so hard on this tonight? Because the world is falling apart. They reckoned in Gauteng, I think they said suicide is up 90% during this lockdown. Our nation is at a 50% of, of people that doesn't have a job. No jobs, 50%. You want to tell me this nation doesn't need Jesus? We don't need nice liners and one, you know, great cliches. We need to set people free. And people can only be free through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the gospel cannot be watered down. We have to preach it like they preached it in the old. We have to preach sanctification and holiness. We shouldn't just make an invitation and say, come give your life to Jesus. We have to teach people how to live a sanctified life. That means separated. You must look different. You must have the seal of God upon your life. And hear me, if you have that seal upon, of God upon your life, nothing that happens around this world will affect you. I don't care what's happening in the economy, what's happening in the government, if you have the seal of God upon your life, no devil of hell can pluck you out of the hand of God. Is somebody listening to me? But we need to become a people that's passionate. If we are so passionate about Jesus as we are about our wine, our children will serve the Lord. This nation will have to go the direction of the church and not the other way around. Come on, I, don't, I know South Africa will, will attack me right now. But South Africa needs to come back to Jesus Christ and say, I'm crucifying the flesh where did alcohol, and I want to make a bold statement tonight. A lot of people don't realize this, that they drink because there's a void. And they cheat because there's a void. And they think that that void, my new girlfriend or my new boyfriend can fill the void. You are wrong. You will still have a void. There's only one that can fill that void. And it's Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Stop trying to get people to fill your void. Alcohol, drugs. Come on, and, and, and marriage or affairs outside of your marriage cannot fill the void. Only Jesus can fill the void. I said only Jesus can. What you are longing for is not the embrace of a man or a woman. You are longing for the embrace of the Son of the living God. That's what we need to understand. We need to come back to basics and build on this solid rock that cannot be shaken. Marriages needs to come back. There's men out there that love booze more than they love their children. There's, there's alcohol in the house, but the children doesn't have food. Tell me again, where in the Bible does God say that's okay? He says if you don't take care of your own, you are worse than an unbeliever. We have money for booze, but we don't have money for food. Come on, somebody, you better hear me. The government stops alcohol and we fight. And we don't fight as hard for the church. Am I speaking to somebody? 
When, when, when there's a lockdown and the bars are closed, the minute the government opens it up, 4 a.m., people are standing in a line in front of tops. But when the church is closed, what, does, what do we do? We're in hiding lest we get COVID. But we're not afraid to stand on top of each other in front of tops. I want to tell you, only Jesus, he stops. Only Jesus, he stops. And by the way, let me just hit this thing hard and run away. But for all the wimpy Christians, you won't get COVID in the church. You will get it in the mall. You'll get it in the streets. You'll get it at the casinos. That's where you get COVID. Not in the church. Not in the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need to get back to basics. What is Jesus Christ coming back for? For a wimping church? A church in hiding? Or a church on fire? A church that's not for sale. A church that's not for sale. We need men of God, not hirelings. Come on, I'm speaking to somebody right now. We need men of fire. Praise God Almighty. That's what we need in this hour. We need men and women of God that can still hear from God. And say, thus say of the Lord. When the devil looks at men of God today, I don't think he's shaking in his boots. We need preachers in this hour that demons fear. We need to go back to basics. In the church of Acts, they were feared. Every time men of God came to a city, they begged them to leave. Woo! But we can't do this when we sit on the fence. Because less people take the tithe away. You worry about a tithe? Where will you spend eternity leading people to hell? Then you're a hireling. I had many people, I'll say this publicly, that told me, if you preach this a bit, I'll give you that. I said, may you and all your money perish. I'm not for sale. I have been bought through the blood of the Lamb. I love souls more than I love money. I had big drinkers and big divers leaving the church because I refused to back down from what I believe. Because let me tell you, tonight when you go home, and I put my head on that pillow, and he speaks. Imagine he removes his hand, just, and I die. And I stand in front of him, and he shows me a glimpse of millions that goes to hell because of what I told them. My God, I feel the fear of the Lord moving into this place. May the fear of God forever, forever be here, forever touching our hearts and touching our lives. Hear me today. It's like the Lord almost, and just hear my heart. It's like the Lord almost pushed people to their knees. There's no other way out but to say, Lord, I'm sorry. I, I need you. Marriages are failing today. Do you know why? It's not built on Jesus. Businesses, is not built on Jesus. It crumbles. Ministries, is not built on Jesus. This, the rubbish that I've heard. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad to say I'm a preacher sometimes. There's stuff that I've heard from preachers behind the scenes that I can't even utter. It's too disgraceful. But yet on a Sunday, they preach on faith. But there's no faith. They look like this world. What is the end? Where will we head? How many of us, I just think about this. Jesus says, if I return, will I still find faith on earth? How many of the church will be gone when the rapture happens? How many of us, if we really have to 
Search our hearts. Because you know what people are afraid of? People are afraid of losing friends. If I stop drinking with my friend dinner, I'm going to lose them. But you just lost your soul. You just lost your soul. I don't care who I have to lose in life. I'm not going to lose my soul, my salvation over people. I don't, I don't need to fight for acceptance. 2,000 years ago, I was already accepted. He made me the righteousness of God through himself. I am accepted. If I look at my kids, I have the greatest kids in the world. And I know a lot of people would believe that their children is the greatest kids in the world. I'm telling you the truth. I have the greatest kids in the world. I never have to fight and tell them, listen, you can't drink. Don't go to that party. Don't go there. I don't have to at all. At all. If you have children that serve the Lord, you are blessed beyond your wildest imagination. Amen? But you know what? Myself, my wife, we show them how to serve the Lord. They don't see a father hitting their mother and drinking beer. It's quiet. But they do see a father crying in the presence of God, banging on heaven's doors, releasing faith. That's what we need in this generation. So for the church of Jesus Christ, get ready. I think that we are in for a ride. 2022 would be like a year that you've never seen in your life. But hear me, and it's not just in a good way for the church, it is, but it's for the world. The world will be in turmoil. The, the world will not know what to do. Governments will crumble. Mark my words today. They won't have, scientists will be baffled like they are now. What's this, what's this new variant called? Omnica. Now I want to introduce you to the omnipresent. That's the only variant that I'm under is the omnipresent one. Amen. I hope that you're blessed tonight. Are you ready? Are you rapture ready? Are you rapture ready? Because it's going to happen in the twinkling of an eye. So you can, you can take some notes, go and read it. Any questions later on in the week, you can come Sunday and you can ask me a little bit if, I've, if I ran through it very quickly. Because there's so much. And for time's sake, you know, there's a lot that we have to get in. But it's, it's, is that the time? right okay so I want to I want to touch on another thing quickly while I'm on on the rapture when it comes to heaven and to hell heaven and hell is a destination it's not a state of mind so give me five more minutes people say that you know hell is on the earth today this is a picnic of what's coming hell was never created for people it was created for Satan demons and fallen angels and again demons are not fallen angels and fallen angels is not demons so because of people understand this that god never sends people to hell you choose where you go are you listening to me i always tell this to people if they ask me a question i had a man ask me this one day he said do you love your children i said yes he said will you send them to hell i said well if, if I had a choice, if they put Dylan and Kaylee next to me and they said somebody is going to have to die by the penalty, choose one of them. I would step to the front and say, 
choose me. Let them go. But Jesus did that already. I said, Jesus did that already. Now he says, I've paid the price. Now before you, I put life and death. And then he says, but, but choose life so that you might live. So when I put on my stove, my plate is red hot. I call my kids. I said, do you see the danger of this plate? If you put your hand there, you're going to burn. I don't want you to burn. And I turn my back. And what do they do? They show me that they won't listen. They put their hand on the plate. Am I a bad dad? No. I taught them. I showed them. I warned them. And still, they refused to listen. I didn't put their hand and put it on the plate. They chose. We choose where we go. So hell is an absolute separation from God. And let me explain to you something. Hell is not a season. It's for all eternity. A guy asked me the one day in the back, he says, you know, it will not be forever. God won't let you burn forever. Do you know how long forever is? I said, you're right. That's punishment for rejecting the Son of God. It's a punishment. So he says, no, he, he, my opinion, I believe. I said, I don't care what you believe. If it's not in the Bible, I'm, I don't care. I really don't care. I believe it's just for a time and then you can choose. Do you want to burn or do you want to die? And then you're going to die. Bull twang. You're going to burn and burn forever and forever and you will not die when the bible says that you will die it speaks about a spiritual death you will no longer feel that presence of god you will know that you will never get out of hell never there's people that's dead in the law dead or they not they died outside of god all right they're not saved they're in a place called hell hell is not a literal place of fire it's a place of it's like almost like a holding cell who knows what i'm talking about they're still being punished but the Bible says there will be judgment. And after the judgment, if your name has not been found in the book of life, you'll be thrown into the pool of fire or the lake of fire, which is the second death. That second death is a spiritual death that you're going to die. You know this, you're hopeless. There's no, there's no help for you. The Bible says there will be a weeping and gnashing of teeth where the worm does not die. Maggots feeding on people in hell. And let me just say this to you. It might sound strange to you but it's happening right now while i'm speaking to you there's somebody in hell right now calling out to jesus i was i'm reminded of that rich man that says can i come out of hell and warn my family and and he says you can't it's done he said can can we send an angel to warn them so people in hell knows about family members on the earth they know that there's no help for them because Abraham told him, even if God sends an angel, they will not listen. Imagine God sends angels and warns people, they won't still know, won't listen. So it's a literal place. Don't listen to Google. It's a literal place. Jesus spoke more about hell than he spoke about heaven. He warned people of hell. A, a, a weeping and a gnashing of teeth. So in hell, people weep. There's no peace. There's no peace. Every form of fear that you can ever imagine, depression, anxiety, grips you immediately because the prince of peace is not there the reason why we have peace right now is because we have him when you separated from him you are separated from his peace who remember that what did, what does the rich man say can i just have some water if you don't like water today in hell i promise you there's people begging god for just a drop of water that must make all of us water fanatics i'm going to buy up the shop more than five thousand rand worth of water just just drink it all. Water fanatics. But 
the Bible speaks about heaven as a better country. Oh, I can't wait for that one. A better country. Imagine this, that very soon you're going to be reunited with some of your family members that served the Lord faithfully. The best of it all is we're going to be reunited with Jesus Christ. And I believe in that day, a lot will run to David and say, David, what was it like to kill Goliath? Moses, what was it like to part the Red Sea? Come on, Elijah, what was it like to call fire down from heaven? I can just imagine Elijah turning to us and saying, what was it like to have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you? I would not even, listen, at that day I would say, Elijah, give me a second. Moses, just hang on now. I want to see Jesus. Take me to Jesus. I told my wife and my children, if I have to go by the way of the grave, if you get to heaven, look for Jesus. That's where I will be. I will hold him on. I will cling on to him. I will hug him and kiss him all day long. But heaven, I can't wait. I really can't wait to walk on the streets of gold. The most beautiful place ever. You know, the Lord has been gracious to me, showing me glimpses of heaven many times in my life. Many times in my life I've been, I've been blessed seeing heaven. And I'm going to tell you, it's like nothing that we've ever seen before. I know a preacher that uh, was a great man of God, and he was old when he died. And on his deathbed, he was in a coma. He came out of a coma, went back into a coma. And they said just before he died, he came out and he said, what I saw in heaven, mortal tongue cannot explain. And he passed on into eternal life. He said, mortal tongue, my, my, my words, I can't tell you what I've seen. It is the greatest place in all of the universe. Amen? And you know what I think that what the greatest thing about it all is? The presence of Jesus. Can you imagine the first thing that you step in, what you're going to hear is multitudes upon multitudes crying out, holy, holy, holy. And, and some of us, we're going to look up and you're going to see, there's my daddy. There's my wife. Come on, there's my sister. There's my, my child that I've lost at birth. There, there's that child standing around the throne of glory, worshiping the king of heaven. And forever and forever, we're going to gaze upon that beautiful face of Christ. Hallelujah. We're going to crown him with many crowns as king of kings and lord of lords. Where we see everything is subject under his feet. An angel standing at attention at the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, can you imagine being reunited with loved ones? And say, for instance, it was your husband. He'll never die again. Your father, he's never dying again. If he's, if he's with Jesus... He's not even dead. They are more alive right now than they have been ever before. Amen. I can't wait to see some of them. I can't wait. People that I led to the Lord, my father-in-law, I can't wait to get to heaven. And to hear him say, thank you, Vessel, for giving me Jesus. Thank you for being hard on me. I'm saved. I'm saved. Hallelujah. That's what you want to do. You want to see your children around the throne of God. I want, to, I want to finish with this. I want to hear my kids tell me in heaven, Dad, thank you for living the way you did, for showing us the way. I want to have that life. My goodness gracious, I feel the power of God. Would you lift your hands? You can't speak about heaven and not feel like, oh, just even so, come Lord Jesus, come. How our, our, our hearts, our spirits, our souls longs to be with you. Father, we thank you. That we know that we will have to occupy until you come. But it doesn't change the fact that you have placed eternity in our hearts. 
We thank you today, Lord, that you are getting ready a remnant, a church, a bride, that will be reunited with Christ. That you have given us preachers of the gospel that preach the, the word of God with truth. And that we can be partakers of this truth. Thank you so much tonight. In the name of Jesus, that you have given me an opportunity. Because we breathe tonight. We're still alive. We still have a, we still have a chance. And so Holy Spirit, your word says that you are the searcher of a man's heart. And we ask you right now in the name of Jesus that you will come and search our hearts. If there's anything in us that's not biblical, that's not of you, anything that we struggle with, we ask you to break that power tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ, break that power in Jesus' name. If there's anything in our hearts that removes us from your presence, we ask you tonight to come and touch us. Help us to forgive. Help us to set free. Help us to let go. Help us to love. Help us to be lovers of the truth. Lord Jesus, I'm asking you a special request. Even as you prayed for your disciples, I ask you as I pray for these people that not one of them will be lost. That you will keep them spotless from the world. They will not be offended by the truth, but they will be changed by the truth forevermore. And Holy Spirit, we need your help. Tonight we ask you, Lord, that there will be disciples of Jesus that will rise up in this hour. They will rise up and they will do the work of God. Keep us sanctified, as Romans says, to be spotless, a living sacrifice, pure and holy, tried and true. We ask you tonight, Lord, to touch each one in Jesus' name. Anybody understand of my voice? He's enough. Jesus is enough. There's no need for add-ons or anything else. He's enough to set you free to change your life. The reason why your life is falling apart is because you are, you are looking for everything outside of Jesus. He's the answer to this world. Father, I come against every form of corruption in this nation. Every government official that is not obeying the voice of God. I'm asking you, Lord, that you will move in our governments. Anything that they forcefully do upon your people, we come against it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. We cut it off tonight. And Lord, I believe that you are giving people time to repent. And they, they off the lampstand shall be removed. But I'm asking you, whosoever come up against the elect of God, that you shall raise up a standard against them. And that no born again child of God in this hour shall suffer lack. In Jesus' name. We call forth business like never before. No job shall be lost. In the name of Jesus. Every form of unrighteousness. We break that power of the spirit of unrighteousness. In the name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you Lord for people with backbone to raise up in this hour. With a fire in their belly. That will not bow their knee to Baal. But will stand for the gospel's truth. For surely Jesus Christ is coming back. For a glorious church. A church that is without spot and wrinkle. And I'm asking you today Lord to help the church. 
the church is looking like this world. Help us to change the world looking like us. In Jesus' name, a fearless church, a bold church, a church on fire. Lord, any person that's sick at home, I ask you for your healing glory. Come on, take your healing now in Jesus' name. Take that covenant today that by his stripes I am healed. I'm no longer part of the curse of the law. I am blessed beyond the curse. According to his word, I am healed. And I take my healing right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, if you believe that, give Jesus a great hand of praise. Just take your seat for one minute. Um, I want to say this quickly. I told somebody earlier on. If there's ever a time to apply the blood of Christ over your finances, over your marriage, over your children, it's now. Number two, we need the protection from the Lord. From what's coming, we're going to need the protection from God. Number two, I want to encourage you to take communion on a daily basis. On a daily basis. Because what people don't realize is communion is part of the covenant. Part of that covenant is that by His stripes we are healed. When I partake of covenant, the covenant meal as we call it, I partake of the healing. Come on. And, and I, I want to encourage you, do that once a day. You take your vitamins every day. Okay, some of you. Take your collagen. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> and your grape seeds. Just take your communion. Take it with your family every day. Do you hear me? All right. Don't, tell you, don't say to people, your pastor didn't warn you. Take communion. The devil can't touch you under the covenant of God Almighty. And listen to me. Do that tonight when you go home. Say, Lord, if there's anything in me, if there's anything that I do that's not in your word that I'm going to miss heaven, pull it out of my heart. Pull it out of my heart. And I want to say this again. Stop waiting for people to fill your void. Only Jesus can do that. There's no high like the most high. Come on. Richelieu can't do that for you. Castle Lager can't do that for you. Tops can't do that for you. Come on. Drugs cannot do that for you. There's no high like the most high. I have received joy when I experienced him. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Do me a favor just one more time. Just lift your hands. I want to just pray this. Father, bless your people. Not one of them will have lack. I feel your presence. Oh, glorious Jesus. I know you are well pleased tonight. You always show up when the truth is declared. And I'm asking those who are under the sound of my voice that they will suffer no lack. That you will touch them. That you will heal them. That you will restore all things unto them. We give you all the glory, all the adoration. Thank you, Lord, that this next couple of days for the rest of this year shall be days of blessing and favor and breakthrough. And no one shall be lost. I thank you that you protect them against every virus in Jesus' name. Your word says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I ask you, Lord, as people come back to the secret place, that there will be protection. In Jesus' mighty name, we give you all the glory now and forevermore. And the people of God said amen and amen. Give Jesus a great hand of praise. For those who want to worship the Lord in your finances, 